Welcome to the Third Growth Option Podcast, where we talk with business leaders and innovators hungry to drive growth that can be faster than internal organic growth and less risky than acquisition. Your moderator is Bernal Dunkerspuler, Chief Sherpa and CEO at Realign, who has led private equity-owned distributors through turnarounds and growth. With battle-proven leaders from all frontiers, we want to provoke thinking about business growth beyond conventional wisdom and binary choices. Hey, I'm Benno, your host today, talking with Jenna Gedusik from eDesign Tribe and eDesign U. Hey, Jenna, say hi to our listeners. Hi, everybody. How are you? <laughs> so, Jenna, you are an interior designer by training. You have a BFA. You worked with a wonderful home furnishings retailer, Our House, for many years, and then moved over to Laurel and Wolf, a premier online interior design marketplace. I am so excited to learn and have you tell us today about eDesign Tribe and eDesign U, which is all about digitally connecting designers with you and with each other and most importantly, probably with their clients and doing interior design digitally and remotely. You know, COVID has forced all of us to get digital real quick <laughs> back in March. And I've talked to a lot of manufacturers and distributors uh, that, are try you know, that are really struggling to show their products or services you know, that they usually show in trade shows. And now trade shows were canceled or are operating on a low flame and they're trying to figure out. You started this whole process two years ago. 2018, right? Talk to us. Yeah, that is uh, when I started the eDesign Tribe, though I have been doing virtual design since 2015. Um, and you were right, I did work for Laurel and Wolf back in the day. And then they've since closed and uh, changed their business model. And that actually forced me to want to pursue alternative options. And when I was doing that, I just really loved working remotely, especially living in New York City. However, it was very lonely <laughs> because you don't have that camaraderie. And I really missed that because I had a great group of people I worked with at our house and I, I managed there. And I, when I left, it was, you know, yes, I'm going to pursue this passion, but living in New York City with a newborn baby, it was lonely <laughs> there. So I started the eDesign Tribe basically out of, you know, the desire to connect with people that were doing this too or wanted to start doing this because I was getting questions on my social media all the time from designers like, hey, how'd you do that render or that concept board or what is this virtual design thing that you're doing? And I just felt that I had to start this positive community because it didn't exist at the time. So that's where it was born in um, the summer of 2018. And how did you go about making that? I mean, you, you, you make it sound so easy. Yeah. You know, I wanted to connect. So I did. So how did that happen? <laughs> oh, it wasn't easy. I am inherently an introvert and though I am a Leo, so I am extroverted as well, but I am a homebody and I really value my home time and my family time. So going in starting a Facebook group was not something I ever wanted to do. I was on Facebook. I've been on Facebook since it was the Facebook a very long time ago when That's I was in a high long school. Time ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's changed quite a bit since I was in high school and joined. And 
I didn't want to start it, but I was in this other group and there was a coach in that group and she said, you have to do this. This doesn't exist and you're already helping people in this group. This is not my area of expertise. Why don't you just start it? And I'll tell people about it and we'll see, you know, if anybody's interested. And all by word of mouth, people just started joining and coming over because it is such a positive community and we really focus on, you know, helping each other out in that ecosystem. So when I first launched this, my first, I don't know, five, 10 lives that I did in the group, I was shaking. (laughs) I was like seriously terrified. And there was maybe two people watching. So it wasn't easy by any means, but the consistency has definitely paid off to show up every day for these people. So Facebook live video. So you had a few people join a couple, two or three, how long until I would imagine there were certain like milestones where, you know, all of it, all of a sudden went to 10 or all of a sudden went to just kind of talk me through that a little bit. Yeah. So the other group I was in, it's no longer anymore, but it had attracted a lot of designers fairly quickly. And when the person that was running that said, okay, I'm going to pivot, go in a different direction. I'm going to close this, but I'm going to tell everybody about your group. So at that time I got maybe 50 in the beginning and then, you know, more people just kept coming and then it would pop up on Facebook as like suggested groups for people that were in the industry. And here we are the end of 2020 and there's over 3,400 all by word of mouth. So 3,400 designers are in your Facebook group and you guys basically help each other, right? Questions are being asked and people are chiming in with different answers. Tell me a little bit about how you got from the Facebook group teaching each other to e-design. Is it e-design you or e-design tribe you? I forget. E-design you. Yep. So there's three components to this. E-design tribe is my community. Tribe is our family. That's our, our similar. We're all here for the same reason. The eDesign U is my online campus and eDesign platform is my platform. But I'll talk about eDesign U real quick. So when I launched this, again, I, I had people messaging me on social media saying, how are you doing this? And with this coach that was like, you know, you got to start this Facebook group. And she was like, But you should also create some digital experiences for these designers, like a course or something like that. Just put everything you know and all of your processes into one course and we'll just roll out with that. So I was like, all right, I can do that. You know, I've got a pretty airtight process, which now is like super streamlined. But at that time, it was ahead of the game, especially for people that were looking to get off of these other platforms because you don't make a lot of money (laughs) on those platforms. But it was great for experience. So I put everything into one course. It was called eDesign Freedom Revolution because it was at the time a revolution into the online space and it hadn't been done before and freedom from working from these other companies. So that one course, my 30th birthday weekend, which was two months after I launched the Facebook group, I started a pre-order just to see if there was any interest. And I had over 32 people sign up um, my 30th birthday weekend. The course was about $300 at the time. So I was like, yeah, I think I'm onto something. <laughs> and then from there, it just kind of turn into this whole horrible virtual campus with real buildings in an actual, like you can walk through it and go inside and and explore all the different topics. And so that one course has now turned into, I have six, and then I brought in guest authors and other professionals within the online space, but also that are really great at what they do just in the interior design business world alone, you know, not just for e-design. 
I have spent time on your eDesign U website. It is a, it's amazing. I loved it. Talk to me a little bit about the difference between doing interior design for a client face-to-face versus doing it digitally, remotely. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a couple of ways to answer this. It doesn't necessarily have to be all online. And I just want to make sure that that's clear for a lot of people that are like, oh, I just, I don't see myself ever doing it, the entire process all online. You can adapt certain things to cut down on your back and forth with travel time and all of that by using, you know, remote design collaboration techniques um, to present to clients and do all that stuff. So there are hybrid options, which would have you maybe go out to the house first and then everything else until until install is done virtually, which is great for COVID times too. So all of my processes are adapted from my in-person experiences and I just totally streamline them to be, okay, here's step one. This is what we do for step one. Here's step two. And that's, you know, I present the, the boards then and then we talk about them. And then step three is, you know, if we have to resource anything and then tweak the design plan and then step four would be the final render, shopping list, setup instructions, etc. So I've really just taken and adapted what I do in person and said, how can I do this so that it runs more efficiently and saves me time? And also I can stay in my house in my pants, in my sweatpants and just kind of <laughs> work from home. Some kind of pants. <laughs> with my four-year-old, yeah. So, with your four-year-old. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's definitely adaptable to whatever your, your niche and whatever your process is currently. Speaking of your four-year-old, I am always fascinated how we and all of us, I think, in our life experience, have things that we embrace and that we explain to the world in a very rational way. Like you're talking about e-design, you know, here's how it works. It makes sense for these reasons. Here's how we do it. But on the emotional side, on the human side, I think the fact that you were a young mom in New York City influenced that part of your journey a great deal, didn't it? It did. And of course, I have a very supporting husband, but he has a great job and he works a lot. So, you know, whether he was there or not, I was still dealing with having a newborn baby and, you know, struggling to make ends meet for myself. My goals have never been to rely on anybody and make stuff for myself, make my own success happen. And that's what I was doing, you know, with his support the entire time as well. What did you learn in the process of building the eDesign tribe, eDesign U, that surprised you? You know, I mean, things that you, when you look back at the last, you know, two or three or four or five years, what surprised you the most? I think the sense of everybody else wanted this feeling of belonging as well. And I was not as alone as I thought I was. And I get so many compliments to this day that it's like, I'm so glad you started this because this is what I was missing, not just for the education, but to relate to people and have like a conversation with an adult again, (laughs) especially right now during COVID where a lot of us are moms and with younger kids that, you know, maybe our husbands are kind of out working and doing their thing. And then we have this design degree, but we did put our life on hold, some of us to take care of our family and and to do that. And now that we're home, 
a lot of women, and I don't want to just say women because there's definitely some men in there too, but um, a lot of us are finding that Thanks for that thinking this of the is, other half. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there are, and they're great, they're, and they're, they're wonderful supporters too. So it's a sense of camaraderie that just didn't exist in this industry, I think, up until now, because we are this interesting niche of people that are coming together in this weird time. So that's one thing. And the other thing is that not everybody learns the way that I thought that they were going to learn. For me, I am a visual learner and I learn from videos and I learn from doing. So I make mistakes and that's where I learn, well, can't do that again. You know, (laughs) that didn't work. But then now I know. And a lot of other people I've noticed are let me see you do it. And then I don't want to make a mistake because I think I'm going to break the internet where it's like, you can't break anything, but you also can't progress and learn and grow unless if you do make these little mistakes for yourself. So those are just a few things that I learned is just different learning styles and how to adapt to them in what I do. You know, when you said learning and not being afraid to fail, and, you know, because failure, I mean, we, we all learn more from failure from, than from successes, right? But as you're talking through that, I think that's a good jumping off point to ask you about the design show house, the digital show house that um, you have worked on together with Seasonal Living Magazine. And uh, to our listeners, when this episode is being published, we will have already published the episode with Gary Pettit on the digital show house. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious to hear your perspective on what that is and what it has meant to you. First of all, I just want to say Gary and Leslie Carruthers are so wonderful for starting this and truly visionaries for taking the reins on this and pulling it all together. Gary's vision here and then with the help of Leslie executing it, This process would never have happened without them. They are truly remarkable. So for us to be able to be engaged in this and really show how e-design and virtual design and all of these concepts play into, you know, the world that we live in now and the trajectory, sorry, I can't talk today. (laughs) Only one cup of coffee this morning, but you know, the trajectory, geez, of of where this is going. Some of these words today, geez, it's um, it's going to be pretty amazing to see what comes from this because this is just the beginning. So, you know, Gary came to us with this vision and he said, what does a show house look like post-COVID or what? how do people live post-COVID? Let's create a structure. Here's where I want it to be, Malibu, and let's make it on a real plot of land. So we did that. And then basically my team, Annalie Waterman, is a render artist on my team and also one of my designer support people that helps other designers with rendering. So she created this based off of a floor plan that Sarah Dernay who is my director of 3D uh, modeling for the eDesign tribe in the platform, she created this concept and this floor plan and then Annalie built it in another program. And then we sent it to Gary. We did a few revisions, you know, added some greenery, livened up the, the building a little bit. But overall, he was pleased with how he executed his vision for this home and, you know, how people would actually live and function in this. And then Leslie got together this outstanding team of designers from all across the country. And I think I can say this now, but we've seen all the design plans and Sarah's actually modeling piece by piece, furniture by furniture item to 
take their concepts, the designer's concepts, and make them reality. And it's absolutely amazing. So that with the partners that Gary procured, it's pretty phenomenal to see what's come from this. So this digital show house is launching December 3rd. Maybe it will be in past tense by the time this episode goes live. We'll leave links to the digital show houses as part of this episode because it is an amazing endeavor. I believe I'm correct in saying that most of the 3,400 interior designers in your tribe do interior design for residential or commercial like offices or hotels or hospitality, but not so much trade shows. Is, is, is that correct? To my knowledge, yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. So a digital show house, I think, has a little bit, there's a good analogy between interior designers showing off their work and trade shows where manufacturers and distributors show their products and wares to, to buyers. It feels like everything that your e-design tribe and e-design you is doing would also apply to people helping to de- or people designing trade show rooms or trade show booths, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Going back to the digital show house, you mentioned Gary Pettit and Leslie Carruthers as I think between the three of you, you were sort of the the leaders that visionaries that created that and then interior designers, a a group of a plus or minus a dozen, maybe 15 interior designers collaborated and sponsors, manufacturers and distributors of, you know, some great home product brands sponsored the event. Was there anything in the collaboration of these various stakeholders that delighted you or, or surprised you? I think The first part of this was educating them on why this is going to be awesome, especially for, you know, COVID times where not a lot of designers are going to these markets right now. And how can they get their new products, older products, whatever, in front of consumers and designers alike in a very unique and interactive way? So educating them on how this was all going to work and why was definitely a task because, you know, and this is just from my personal outreach with my platform and um, talking to brands and manufacturers and whatnot. I've noticed that a lot of newer brands that were kind of brought up on social media understand what we do in a heartbeat. They're like, oh yeah, virtual design, you'd need some 3D models to put in there and then your designers can use them for all their designs to sell this stuff too. Great, sign me up. But then on the flip side, we've got these beautiful larger brands that are very established and not all of them are on the same page with why it's so important to have 3D models of their products in a really photorealistic rendering software that designers are actually using to be able to sell products. So what I mean by all of that is when we take like a rug or a sofa and we model it in 3ds Max or SketchUp, we can then both give back that model so the brand can use it anywhere that they'd like, you know, on their website for designers to use, you know, anywhere. And or we can put them in our rendering software and then all the designers that are using my platform, which are about a thousand at this point, 
they can all then take that model, it's already developed for them, and simply grab it from the library and drop it into their design plan. And what I've developed also creates a shopping link to that product. So if they send like a tourable 360 of a design that they've created for their client, that client can then click on that product, learn more about it, or purchase it from them with a link to an invoice or an affiliate link to earn a commission passively for selling that product. I am floored by how you have sort of thought through all the different touch points and stakeholders that are involved in turning a formerly, you know, had to be face-to-face process, had to be at a trade show, had to be at a client's home or office. And you have done an amazing job of creating a community tribe of people and processes and tools to help them work in a whole new way. How can people find you? So edesignu.com, just edesign and then the letter u.com is where the school is. So all my courses, guest courses, the Torable campus, that's located there. The platform also has a link on that page. But if you go to edesigntribe.com, it's actually a consumer-facing website, which features all of our featured designers on the platform. So not everybody. It's those that were vetted that are using our program and all of that stuff in a directory that is consumer-facing. We also have like this little matchmaking quiz where people can go and then find their own designer and reach out to them there because everything links back to the designer page. Now at the bottom of that page on edesigntribe.com, you'll find a direct link over to learn more about the platform as well. Edesign Tribe on Facebook, if you look for Facebook groups, anybody that's in the industry is welcome to join us. We do vet that too. I just really want to make sure that the people that we're letting in to this group are in the industry. I really like to keep it a close-knit group. Excellent. Jenna, you know, my summary of everything that I've learned in, you know, over the last few weeks of talking before we hit the record button today is that this saying that necessity is the mother of invention, I think really applies. And in your case, it's also the designer and the design university president (laughs) of of invention. (laughs) You've done an amazing job. So thank you very much, Jenna. Thank you so much for having me. This was a great conversation. If folks wanted to explore other growth topics or talk through growth or revenue challenges, uh, you can always find me on our website, realignforresults.com, or just email me, uh, Benno, B-E-N-N-O, at realignforresults.com. Thanks so much. Until next time. You can listen to more episodes on Apple, Spotify, or Google. We would love for you to subscribe, rate, and review it. Share it with your friends or colleagues if you enjoyed the content. Always growing.